Welcome brides and bridal biz besties to the Pick a Seat, Not a Side podcast, where we unravel the secrets to a bride's dream wedding experience and empower makeup artists and hairstylists to take their businesses to the next level. I'm your host, Patrice Williams, and not too long ago, I went from being a stressed out, overworked, and underpaid assistant director in higher education to being the owner of a thriving, multiple six-figure bridal beauty business. I'm here to share the lessons that I've learned and the wisdom that I've gained working with both brides and freelancers from lots of trial and error, mistakes, losses, but also a good deal of wins. So I'm so grateful that you've tuned in to the Pick a Seat, Not a Side podcast, where we are covering all things bridal and beauty. So grab a snack and pick a seat, but not a side. Welcome back to another episode of the Pick a Seat, Not a Side podcast. Today, I am here with our first guest, which I'm so freaking excited about. I'm here with one of my favorite people in the world. I'm going to let her introduce herself. um, And I actually want to tell you guys about how we met I'm gonna let her tell her version then I'm gonna tell my version um and I'm actually gonna tell you something that I don't think that I've told you before about our first interaction I am here today with my great friend Mariana Vigliotti who is the owner founder CEO and makeup artist in her business Marin Co Beauty I'm gonna let her give herself an official introduction but I'm really excited to talk a little bit about the team structure there's a lot of rumbling in the industry right now around teams and commissions and what it means to be a team and how much to pay a team. So we're here to have a really raw, honest, and hopefully insightful conversation about what that means. But before we get into all that stuff, Marianne, I'm going to let you introduce yourself, tell us what you do, who you are, where you're from, all the good things. Cool. Hello, hello. I'm so excited to be here. My name is Mariana Vigliotti, and I am CEO at Mare & Co. Beauty. We currently have two locations as of last year. Uh, We have a Philadelphia, South Jersey-based location and a Las Vegas location. Period. Um, And we are an on-site bridal hair and makeup company, and we are a team. So we have currently about eight of us in Philly and four of us in Vegas, and we are just in the thick of wedding season right now, and we're crushing it, and we're having a great time doing it. I love that. I love that. And I I think I want to hear it from your mouth first. Um, and then I'll tell you my version, but how we met, tell the people that are listening your version of how we met. I also don't know that I like asked you, what did you think about me when we first met? (laughs) Well, so it's kind of wild that like we do live and exist like really close to each other and we have for a long time and we were both in this industry like for a long time before we met each other. Like, I don't even know how that happens. Like, I think I knew everyone in the industry but you. <laughs> but <laughs> until, little old me. Yeah. AKA, you weren't really making noise in the industry. No, I that's not, the no, that's not what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> so we met through business coaching. So we were both using the same um, business coach and we were in a group coaching program together. And now... I wasn't 
in love with group coaching. So I feel like I didn't like give it my all. But what I do remember, I do remember hearing about you and it was like, oh, Patrice is in the same, um, the same market as you, like you guys should connect. And like when we were on the coaching calls, I feel like you were always like on your way home from the studio or something. I was like, wow, she's like, a, like really committed to her business and like a really hard worker. Like I've been sitting at home all day. So that's good. <laughs> like, wow, she like doesn't have her camera on because she's literally driving from work right now. And again, I have been sitting here all day waiting for this moment. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, so there was that. So then like I knew you from coaching but then I don't even think we really like interacted during the coaching process but then there was a retreat I guess it was December of 21 and we all went to Cabo there were like a handful of us um from the coaching program that went to Cabo and that's like how we officially met I don't even think we like connected at all before that no and I don't know I think I guess we just like spent time together in Cabo and we just realized that like, I don't know, we just really liked each other. I don't know. And, that, and then we very quickly became like very codependent. Correct. And that's where we're at right now. Correct. Correct. <laughs> so, and now we talk every day and usually we have a lot to say, but I feel like if we don't, it's like, hi, just checking in with nothing to say because Correct. I'm codependent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So my version is I first heard about you, of course, through Brianna. Um, And in the Philadelphia hair and makeup Facebook group, I saw maybe it was Kelly that reposted um, you being on Brianna's podcast. And I was like, oh my gosh, she is like a celebrity in the industry. Like, I'm going to listen to this. And then I listen and like to hear your voice without spending time with you. I was like, yo, she means business. Like, I'm, I, she's not going to like me when I meet her. Cause I'm like, blah, 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 hi, oh my God, scream a little bit. <laughs> and you're like, I said what I said. And let me tell you why I said what I said. Like very like clear and to the point. And me, I'm like dancing around in circles, sprinkling some sugar on it, putting some glitter on it before I say what I have to say. So when I listened to the podcast, I was like, oh my God, I want to be just like Mariana. This is so cool. And when (laughs) I heard that you were going to Cabo to the retreat, I was like, oh my God, Mariana's going to be there. I don't know if she's going to like me. Like our personalities are just like very different. And then when we were in, there was like a boxer with everyone that was going to Cabo, right? Mm -hmm. And um, Brianna had said that you were bringing Kelly. And I'm like, and and I knew that Kelly was like your right-hand man. And I was like, oh my God, she has like a right-hand man. (gasps) Oh my goodness. And I was like... (gasps) But then it's going to have to be like two against one. And I don't know how this is going to go. I know I was spiraling. I was spiraling. But wait, let me tell you what the real spiral was. So we took the same airline. We weren't on the same flight to Cabo, but we took the same airline. Um, And I think we were talking about that in the Voxer group. And Brianna goes, ooh, all the Philly girls on American. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, shoot me in the face. Like, are you like trying to make us be friends? Like, I don't do well with like being forced to like, all right, come together and let's like you guys talk. And Mm -hmm. I felt like that's how it was going. And I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God. 
oh, I don't want to go on the plane with these strangers. Like, they're not going to like me. I'm going to be like, you know, the least successful one in the group. Oh my goodness. She's like a superstar in this coaching world. And then in like the industry and I don't want to be together. And then when we got to Cabo, <laughs> I don't think I ever told you <laughs> We get to Cabo. Now I hadn't had a credit card at the time. And I guess when you like go to check in at the resort in Cabo, you need a credit card. You can't use a debit card. And obviously you can't use cash for like incidentals or whatever. And I'm like, oh my God, I don't have a credit card. And I look at Betty, I'm like, yo, what are we going to do? How are we going? Like we came all the way here and they're not going to let us in because we don't have a credit card. And you and Brianna were at the pool. And then because I like literally couldn't get in, Brianna had to put my incidentals on her credit card. And then you came with, I was like, oh my God, this is the first impression. She's just going to see me. And I'm like, don't have any money. Like, oh my God. (laughs) And then, um, when we first met, you were like, hi, I'm Mariana. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, hopefully we get along. Um, but I, I think the turning point for me, at least when we were on that trip, was A, am I allowed to say you like to drink like Mm -hmm. me? Okay. Yeah. You like to drink like me. It's not a secret. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. You like to drink like me. So obviously you have my heart. Um, But I remember when we were, like, I I really started to ask you for advice, I think, on running the team, actually. And we had like somewhere to be, something to get ready for. And I was like, oh my gosh, like maybe we should go. Well, A, I was nervous that you were going to think that I was like information leeching. Like, sis, pay me for my time. Like, I thought that's how it was going to be, but totally wasn't. Um, And we had somewhere to be. And we were like in the middle of a really in-depth conversation because I was getting advice from you. And I was like, oh, maybe we should go. You were like, F that. This trip is about us making connections, us helping each other. We're going to sit down and we're going to talk about this. And I was like, that's my B-I-T-C-H right yeah. there. Um, so that's my take on <laughs> how we met. Um, so yeah. And I think, too, that like we probably, f- I think we further connected afterwards when we both more realized that like neither one of us like had it all figured out you know that like yeah I had my team together and maybe you didn't but you had your financials together and maybe I didn't and it was like (laughs) I'm just like I'm just giving examples like we both kind of had strengths that were the other person's weaknesses and Mm -hmm. vice versa and so we were able to lean on each other. And then you come to realize too that like that other person's business is not perfect either. And they're waking up every day with the same anxiety and the same struggles and the same like needing some like support and camaraderie and somebody who understands what you're going through. Because I've tried like time and time again to like tell somebody who's not in this, like a an outside friend or like a parent or whatever, you know, well, X, Y, and Z happened during my day today. And like, they can get it at like a C level. And it's nothing against that person, but it's like, you know, until you're in it and you do it, you really need to like be able to lean on somebody who does the same thing as well. Because For sure. you can't get, it's hard, it's very hard to get support um, from someone who doesn't do what we do because it is, so different it's specialized it's you know um and it's a new thing too so you know it was it was very very nice to 
realize that, um, like I said, neither one of us was perfect and we still needed advice from the other one. And, you know, we can, we can do it from a perspective that's not competitive, but it's supportive. And truthfully, if I hadn't had you these last couple of years, I would not have made it through. I would be back to bartending full time because I would have been done. Agreed. I would have just went to another college and worked in their <laughs> career development <laughs> office. Um, yeah. And the nice thing about having like a sounding board and yes, like I, I even hate to use the word like you're a direct competitor, like everyone's getting married. F it. Um, and we also have like differences in our styles and businesses mm -hmm. and whatnot. So I never looked at you and I don't mean this in like, a, you're not my competition, but I never looked at you as you're a direct competitor. I looked at you as like, this is someone that can help me and understands exactly what I'm going through on a regular basis. Um, mm -hmm. And I 100% agree that it's, harder to explain to someone who's not in the industry what you're going through because I think to a lot of people that are not in the industry and specifically not in roles that we're in in the industry running a team overseeing um, admin overseeing marketing overseeing the finances from an outside view it looks like it is just hair and makeup and I wish that it was. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I really wish that it was yeah. just hair and makeup. Um, so it's nice to That's have That's like the smallest fraction of it. It's the tip of know? the iceberg that mm -hmm. comes out of the water. Hair mm -hmm. and makeup is definitely the tip of the iceberg. Um, but it's nice to have someone who understands that it is not just, you know, having your kit stocked and being ready to show up to a wedding. Mm -hmm. It's all of the dynamics that come along with running a team, the dynamics that come with having a life outside of the business mm -hmm. that come with, I mean, I can't relate to this, but <clears throat> you can, the dynamics that come along with being a parent, the dynamics that come along with overseeing marketing, overseeing emails, over just being responsible for so many things. It is very nice to have someone who is in a very, very, very similar position because I'll even try to, uh, and not try to, I do. And sometimes it's nice to get these perspectives but I'll even talk to someone who is in the industry but may not be may not have like the responsibilities that I have sure. and that's even still different yeah. so yeah I say all that to say I'm very thankful me thanks. too thanks for me being too. in my life all right so enough thanks with that gushy uh, yeah whatever no I'm totally <laughs> kidding totally kidding um but I like to start off each episode talking about something that is just like making me feel good this week. So I want you to go first and then I will talk about something that's making me feel great. So tell me, tell the people something, and it doesn't even have to be this week, it can be recently, something that is just like making you feel excited and good. Um, I am feeling great that our October is not quite as bonkers as our September was this year. And in turn, I get to go to a couple of Harper's soccer games this month. Yeah. And she scored two goals last week. And oh I'm so gosh. proud of her. Oh my and it's goodness. the cutest thing ever. Yeah, with those little curls bouncing. <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh. Oh, that is exciting. And it's, I, how do I want to say this? I think, you know, 
pre this level of business, it was like, yo, I can't wait to be like booked and busy. I can't wait to like have my calendar back to back to back to back to back. And then when you're on that side of your career, it's so crazy that you look forward to just like slowing mm-hmm. down a little bit. So mm-hmm. I feel that. I feel that 100%. Yay. I love that for you. Oh yeah. my goodness. Um, Something that's making me feel great this week is, um, and I'm going to make myself sound like a degenerate, but me and Mariana have a trip to Atlantic City planned. Um, and I'm not going to lie. I can't wait. I'm on my juice cleanse because heck, if I can lose an inch off my waist between now and then I can lose an inch off my waist between now and then. Um, so I'm just excited to like take a break. I am probably going to have my phone on D and D the whole time. Um, I am excited to have some drinks, to laugh, to recap, to talk about things that happened this season and to just like not be on a schedule and be unplugged that Mm -hmm. like the thought of that coming up Mm -hmm. is getting me through and us taking our like either our trips or like our just like evenings or days out together is like very therapeutic for me. It's um, agreed. It's like one of my forms of self-care. I do that and I take a nap. Those are my two forms of self-care. 100% Um, But yeah, totally. Phone on, do not disturb. Lay me out on the pool bar. I'm ready. Let's do it. Same. The next thing that's making me feel fantastic is just getting through September. Currently, when we're recording this episode, it's October 2nd. And I'm going to be very transparent. September gave me a lot of anxiety and not the, not the like cute anxiety, like, oh my gosh, I'm a little bit nervous. Like, no, this gave me like, it is hard to get out of bed Mm -hmm. anxiety. Um, This September was the busiest month that we have ever had in the history of MU8. Um, and there are just different challenges that come along with running a team and staffing because life happens. Um, but as the business owner and the CEO, it is your responsibility to come up with a solution when life does happen both to you and to other people. Mm-hmm. Um, so given that September was mentally exhausting, um, we got through it. Everyone was fantastic all of our clients were fantastic we did fantastic work um, but just the anticipation and then just the navigating different speed bumps that come along with being in a in the thick of busy wedding season I wasn't sure like I, I couldn't see life outside of September and I was like oh my god is this is this going to be okay am I going to make it like come October 1st am I still going to have a business like who am I going to take off what are the reviews going to look like are we going to be able to pull this off and it was just a very sick and I'm going to be very raw like a very sick spiral of anxiety that I never want to be in again but being on the other side of that situation. I just feel good. I'm very proud of us as a team. I'm very proud of myself. I'm very thankful obviously for you because we talked all day, every day in September about talked like each other off the ledge yes. or talked about how we were going to hold hands and jump together. Correct. Correct. <laughs> correct. But we made it and we are here and alive and well. So that's making me feel fantastic. All right. So obviously there have been 
a lot of rumblings around the industry, especially in our area, about what it means to be part of a team, what that dynamic looks like. And before we get into some of the things that a lot of people have been talking about lately, I want you to share, A, what even made you start a team in the first place and how did you go about starting a team? And actually, I'm gonna add something to that. Define a team and then how you went about starting your team and why. Mm -hmm. So I believe, and this is my opinion, I believe that a bridal team is a group of regularly working artists that essentially only really work for that bridal company. Yes, some people have other jobs or whatever, but are loyal and regularly working at that bridal company, that there's a cohesive team style, um, that it's artists that know each other. Nobody's walking into a wedding never having seen their coworker before. Like for me and my team, we all know each other. We work together every weekend. Everybody has each other's number. Everybody's like, hey, how did X, Y, and Z go last night or whatever? You know what I mean? Um, it's a team of regularly working artists, again, with a, with a cohesive style that represent the company to a point where the client can be booked with essentially any one of your artists and count on the same level of customer service, count on the same level of work, and count on that artist to represent the company that they hired appropriately. I would second that through and through. Now, given the team that you started, and I know that I asked, like, tell us about how you started the team, mm -hmm. but given what you said about having everyone having a cohesive look and everyone knowing each other, when you started your team, did it always look like that? Or is that something that you had to kind of like grow into realizing that this is what a team should be? Does that make sense? Um, I think that I originally thought that maybe like, oh, well, I can have this artist because they're really good with like full glam. I can have this artist because they're really good with like um, crazy updos or this person's really good with boho styles or like things like that. And I quickly realized that like when it, from a marketing perspective, when there are too many things that you do, you don't specialize in anything. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't speak to the client. Mm -hmm. Like I would say that 95% of my clients come to me and say something along the lines of, I'm not really a huge makeup wearer. I'm looking for something natural, but bridal. And that's what we offer, mm -hmm. you know? So me having an artist on my team because they specialize in full glam is, do, doesn't make sense because I'm not, I don't, I don't, don't say I don't want to, I don't want that client, but I don't want that client. Mm -hmm. I want someone who is coming here because of our style, because they can't get that somewhere else. Correct. You know? Correct. Um, I think when I first went about starting a team and I'll, I'll take it back a little bit to before I even had an official team developed, um, when we were in the coaching program and I was working with Brianna, I was just offering makeup like by myself at that time. And I'm seeing 
all of these and and i say this in another episode and again i just want to make sure that i'm very clear in case this is the first episode that a lot of people are listening to but it is not all about money and that's something that i had to kind of like beat out of my head after a while but i'm seeing all of these like numeric success stories and i'm like how are people doing this doing makeup but then i realized okay people are offering both makeup and hair and they're not just doing it by themselves. I never had a fear of, um, you know, overseeing people <laughs> until mm-hmm. I really started doing it. Um, but I never had a real fear of like overseeing people. It was just the like, how and where do I find people that want to be part of what I have to offer? Mm-hmm. So what I respect about you is that I feel like you had a little bit more of an organized approach than I did when I started the team at first. I was just like, you do hair, uh, you do makeup. All right, all right, come on, come on, come on. Let's like. And sometimes it's like that. Sure. Because sometimes, like, you know, it's it's like it's like what comes first? Do I get the team before I have the business? Correct. To do that, because artists want to make money. They don't want to wait around for. You to to get your business off the ground, you know, Mm -hmm. they want to come into like, that's why essentially why I think that artists would join a team because they want to work regularly and they want to be busy. So it it is definitely a balance when you're first starting of like, okay, do I hire people first and get them all set up and then get the business? Or do I get the business first so that I can guarantee the couple artists that I do have and then scramble to fill those spots and I think that that's like really what the starting point is and I don't think there's a right way or a wrong way to do it honestly for me I think it was like I think I like I had a couple like I had because I had a couple weddings booked so I would almost like I had an artist that was like kind of my second artist and then I was like okay we're booking a couple for hair so let me bring on let me bring on a hair person but it was tough because it was like you know I don't have like a huge hair portfolio because I haven't really started hair yet, but how do I start? And like, you know, it's definitely, definitely a delicate balance. I think that I leaned a little bit more towards the, let me get the business first Mm -hmm. and then find the artist to staff it because ultimately that client is going to come and go. I need to guarantee the artists that will hopefully want to be with me for a while guarantee them the work and make sure that I have a business that they feel comfortable stepping into. For sure. For sure. And I took the build the volume and then the team. Mm -hmm. Like I remember booking my first wedding where I was offering hair and I was like, and I'm going to be honest. I was like, I don't have, but I can't. (laughs) Yeah. I was like at the time, at the time I wasn't doing hair. So I was like, I don't know how this Mm -hmm. is going to work, but we're just going to have to like find someone to do it. And I'm going to, and I know that you said there's no right or wrong way. I, I don't know. I don't know that I, if I could do it again, I don't know that I would build the volume first and then build the team. I would have rather been in a position and I'm going to start that sentence over because, and I'm going to explain why the scrambling for coverage Mm -hmm. that is the quickest Mm -hmm. thief of joy Mm -hmm. in the business because i want and that's definitely a traumatic experience like it is scary that you could potentially have a wedding coming up that no one can work (laughs) and if i don't my business could be gone tomorrow (laughs) because (laughs) 
all somebody has to do is write a bad review somewhere. And can I just tell you the crippling anxiety that someone could just take down my business with their at words. any moment. With their words. With their words On online the for everybody to see is is enough to like make me not want to get out of bed most days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I don't know that looking back, I would have done it the same way. I would have found artists that work in a salon during the week and I would have found, so yes, I would have found artists that work in a salon during the week, ideally. Now this is in a perfect world. Obviously, we're in a different position now, but I think the the way that makes sense based on the mistakes that I've made, if those artists that work in a salon during a week, if we could get together maybe once a week to train together, get on the same page as far as style is concerned, and then tackle the volume, I would have rather done that than like scramble, scramble, scramble. Oh, shoot, that didn't work out. Shoot, now I got to scramble again crap and I I'm like hopeful about this person that's coming in but am I am I hopeful about them or am I like desperate to Mm -hmm. fill this position um do you think that you would do you think that you feel that way like you want to have the team first and then get the volume do you think you feel that way because subconsciously now you know that you could get that volume like for me I think I was afraid that I wasn't going to be able to get the volume, like looking back on it now, like now I know in my mind that I can get the bookings and get the volume. So yes, in theory, the building the team first seems like the right way. But I think at the time, I wasn't super confident that I could do the volume. So I was like, I I was nervous to do either one too fast. I understand that. Um, I trying to like put myself I I've put a lot of that behind me <laughs> because <laughs> those out. were those were some some mm-hmm. hard days mm-hmm. um but I I think I had the evidence before I started working with Brianna the evidence was there that things are starting to pick up obviously because I wouldn't have left my full-time job if things weren't picking up at the pace Mm -hmm. that I needed them to. I just needed that like push over the edge to really like bust the floodgates wide open. So I think I knew that, you know, with what I've already built with working with a coach that the volume was going to be there. Um, I didn't anticipate how fast the volume would be there. And I think that's where I was like, yeah. Oh my God. Oh my God. All right. We got to, we, we really got to just a reminder that like we were for anybody that doesn't know, like we were building our businesses, like coming right out of COVID. So there was an insane influx of weddings. Like for me, I started in 2020. I like started quote unquote in 2020 and it gave me like a little bit of like a slow start, but Mm -hmm. then like I was not mentally, emotionally or um, staffing wise prepared for like what 2021 and 2022 were going to bring. I mean, that was some of like the highest number of weddings we've ever seen. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, I guess my point was like, like we have to like kind of 
putting that into perspective for everyone is that there was an insane influx of weddings. It wasn't like your standard wedding year. Correct. Correct. When, when we were building. Correct. And I didn't really start the team until 2021. So mm-hmm. um, when I was furloughed, and I talk about this in the first episode, when I was furloughed, I had the thought in the back of my mind, like, okay, I should really like try to start this business. I should really see where it goes. But it wasn't until... I left my full-time job that I really like started everything. So the volume after COVID, the volume was already there. Like it wasn't mm-hmm. like I was like, everybody right, was gonna... getting booked. Didn't yeah, matter exactly. if it was a monkey. Correct. With some makeup brushes. They were getting booked. Correct. <laughs> correct. If you owned at least one foundation mm-hmm. and five makeup brushes, you were getting hired for mm-hmm. a wedding at that time. Yeah. Um, Agree. So yeah, I, 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 I wasn't prepared for, what that was going to look like. So I think now looking back, I would definitely do it a little bit differently. So you started your team during COVID. Um, and I know that you say like, Hey, it was a hard balance of figuring out volume to staffing ratio, but at least to me, it, it looked great on the outside. And that's why I really looked up to you, um, especially when we first met. Not that I don't look up to you now, but um, when we first met, that's why I looked up to you. So I want your perspective on what the team actually looks like and what most people are considering what a team looks like. I know that, so I'm going to start off by saying this. I know that there are artists, business owners, whatever out there in the industry that know that I do this and don't like that I do this, but I also don't care. And I'm going to take an opportunity to explain myself as to why it works for me and why it works for my team. So my artists um, have an exclusivity contract with me. And that means that they cannot work as an official part of another bridal beauty team. And let me be clear, it is not about competition because I'm not afraid of a little competition, okay? Um, it is about two things. It's about it's about availability and credibility. So like we were saying, busy wedding seasons or busy wedding days are busy wedding days across the board. So the company down the street is going to be just as booked for 923 as I am, and I don't want to have to fight to get my artists first. Correct. You know? Um so there's that. I need to know that if I have team members that I'm investing in and that I'm working, I need to know that they are available for me to work. Correct. So the exclusivity is for that, for availability purposes. It's also for, it also comes down to the credibility of my business as well. Meaning if I'm charging a certain price for Jess's makeup, but they can get Jess's makeup at the company down the street for $10 cheaper, what does that say about what I'm offering here? And why is that person going to come to Marinco when they could get Jess's fabulous makeup for half the price? It just doesn't make sense. I have to offer something proprietary here, which is why I need my artists to be committed to me. However, that model only works because we do the volume that we do. My artists would not be exclusive to me if I was only offering them one wedding a month. They would not commit to that because that's not, and and that, and I agree with that. That's not, that wouldn't be fair. Mm-hmm. I have to essentially like unofficially guarantee them a certain amount of work. And we do, like they know that especially during on season that they're going to be working at least one day every weekend, Correct. if not two to three, if not 
12 days a week. Correct. So, (laughs) (laughs) so there's that. Um, What was the second part of the question? Next part of the question is what is the conception nowadays of what a team is and what it means? I think that there is a large difference between running a bridal company and being a solo artist that grabs friends and or acquaintances to come on and help them with a large party. That is very, very different. And structurally, I believe that the pay should reflect that. Correct. Um, You know, there's a difference between somebody who is booking the volume to staff a team of eight like we do or somebody who's booking the volume to book themselves. Correct. And having a roster of people that they can call when they need help. That is very, very, very different than um, what I do. And there is nothing wrong with either one. Both models work, right? Like you can be a solo artist and have a friend that you call on to do a large party with you. But I think trying to, um, I think trying to present that as I run a bridal beauty business or I run a bridal team, um, kind of discounts what I do. Correct. And because I kind of, because I, I, I have done that before. Mm-hmm. I think originally when I started the quote unquote business, I, I thought that I was going to be a solo artist and be out there in the field wheeling my kit from job to job. And if the job called for an additional artist, I would call on a friend or people that I had worked with in the past and pay them accordingly. Correct. And that's um, how I started too. Yeah. That's, and, and I, I think that's the natural progression. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but, but I think to, to put the two on the same level um, isn't fair. It's comparing apples to oranges. And until you have been in both positions, I don't think that, um, that, that we have anything to compare because it is so wildly different. Absolutely. And I am going to piggyback off and second that. And, you know, obviously we talk every day, so we're going to share some of the same ideologies and opinions. We're going to share some of the, and we worked with the same coach. So we're going to share some of, we're going to share some similarities in terms of what we believe, why we believe what we believe and how we run the team. And Um, I think in fairness too, like we also have some differences. Like you're like, yeah, that works for me. And I'm like, that would never work with what I do, you know? For sure. Um, sure. Like we've definitely had moments where we like give each other advice and I'm like, that would not work for me. And sometimes I also know that it wouldn't work for you either. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it just, and that's, and that, and that is okay. Um, I think I preface it with that because, you know, 
obviously we're very close. That's not a secret. Um, but I think a lot of people that know both of us will listen and think like, oh my gosh, well, you know, of course she's going to say that because our friends, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but I just want to be very clear that I also want to have someone on to have an open discussion that doesn't share the same ideology. But I'm, I'm going on a tangent a little bit. I just wanted to give that disclaimer. I want to hop back to what the team structure tends to be defined as now and why it's taking credibility away from how we run our businesses. So in the episode, in the first artist episode that will be released, so we're recording this on October 2nd on is it October 2nd? Yeah. Mm -hmm. On October 4th, there will be an episode, um, for artists in terms of how to boost your income, five things that you can do to boost your income very fast. Um, and I talk a little bit about the team structure and how I define it and what a team is being considered now. And it's not to say that again, not to say that one way is better than the other, or you know someone is doing better in life because they're running their team a certain way or and or the same or different as we are none of that none of that matters but what we have done to build the true team meaning that you are going to get consistent a consistent level of work you're not going to be able to tell a huge difference between one makeup artist or one hairstylist to the other yes there are people on our teams that specialize in certain things. Um, I know, you know, some of us do glam waves great. Some of us do updos great. Some mm -hmm. of us do half ups great. Some of us do full glam fantastically. Some of us do very natural fantastically. Some of us do natural but notice fantastically. But um, at the core of it, these are all people that have been together for an extended period of time who do not necessarily work for multiple bridal companies. And again, I'm gonna piggyback off of what Mariana said that it's not about competition or like holding anyone back or not wanting someone to be greater because if you want to be great and you want to leave MUA, that's that it heck, heck yes yeah. go mm -hmm. go be great go be better than me shoot yeah. matter of fact reach back for me and give me some tips because I'm fighting mm -hmm. for my life sometimes um but we all have we're all busy late April until the end of June and then again late August up until November essentially and I say this in the other episode is that the quickest thief of joy in the business, the quickest way to take your focus off why you're doing what you're doing is to be struggling to find coverage because life happens or because people are working for whomever down the street and you're trying to like scramble to make sure that that wedding is covered, but not only to make sure that that wedding is covered, but to make sure that that wedding is covered with someone who has reputable work. So to avoid all of that, it is much easier to have a team that you're nurturing under your wing, that's producing the same work, that knows each other. And I just wanna to touch on the knowing each other piece. And I know it mm -hmm. seems like, well, what does it matter? Because, you know, whatever, if we can all do good work, we can all do good work. But having a team that has good synergy and good working chemistry, that's gonna be very evident to the client. Absolutely. And in a lot of, at least for MUA in a lot of our reviews, people will mention how much of a good time that they had working with us they felt like they were just like getting ready with their girlfriends to like go out for the day if you have a room full of strangers mm -hmm. and 
I don't know how to talk to you. I don't know like what your humor is like. Mm -hmm. I don't know like what I can and can't say to you. I don't know like- The client can feel that. Correct. Am I working too close to you? Like the client can absolutely feel that. And there is no worse way to start off someone's wedding day than awkward energy. Than weirdness. Correct, correct. (laughs) So that's one of the biggest reasons why I stand by having a team that works predominantly um, for your business. Now- um, separate from Marianne, and this is one of the areas that we, I don't want to say disagreed in, but one of the, one of the areas in which we ran our businesses very differently, um, and moving into 2024, I'm going to transition a little bit more into 100% exclusivity, but I ran the team on a, on what was called a per diem and an exclusive structure. So per diem girls, um, I, were more so second artists, so didn't necessarily work for the bride if they needed to work for other bridal companies. Yes, 100%, I am not someone that's gonna hold you back from making money, Um, but you also may not, because the volume is there, you also may not get as much volume from me. Now the exclusive girls just worked for MUA in terms of bridal companies. And I just wanna be very clear with the exclusivity chat that if you're working in a salon during the week, that's fantastic. If you're running your own um, operation as a solo artist, that is fantastic. Heck, if you work corporate America during the week, that is fantastic. But when it comes to a bridal company specifically, your bridal company income, that is being produced through one business. Other incomes that you have, yes, you can get them from other sources, but in terms of working for a bridal company, um, that's what we mean by exclusivity. So I had the per diem, then I had the exclusive. Those girls were working predominantly for MU8. They're getting brides, they're getting more volume, they're getting review bonuses, they're getting online trainings and in-person trainings as well. But in 2024, we will definitely be transitioning into artists that are prioritizing MUA because exactly what Mariana said is that if I can get, and this is the exact example that I used in the other episode, if I can get Sally, Mary, and Beth um, at a cheaper rate because they're working for company A, B, C, and D, my only deciding factor as a client is going to be who is the cheapest because I can get the same level of work. Mm-hmm. I can get the same talent. My only, only, only deciding factor is going to be price. So, And I think that like, just, you know, again, to be clear is that that example is not super far-fetched because the bride is most likely doesn't have, most brides don't have one set person that they knew from the day they got engaged they were going to use they are probably looking at a handful of vendors in the same area so the likelihood that they will see that jess has a headshot on my website and she also has a headshot on the website down the street these people are not dumb you know so it it they're gonna figure it out and they're going to take the cheaper option always. If the quality is the same, I I would. Absolutely, why not go for price? Mm -hmm. So we, we gave you a preview on why we run the teams, how we run them. I also want to just be very clear and I don't want to dance around the topic of some of the potential holes in what some people are viewing as a team now, meaning 
random artists kind of coming together to make sure that everyone gets service. And there are there are even holes to how we run our teams, mm-hmm. but we navigate them. But I also want to be very transparent about what are some of the holes in the like random artist method to running a team because that is where that's where I started at least before I moved into making sure that there are consistent working artists at the same level on a regular basis. So what would you say are some of the holes to, or some of the drawbacks and setbacks to the random artist team method? Um, well, it's definitely the vibe. I mean, myself, I, I used to work for a couple of different teams or I have, or I used to pick up here and there, um, you know, when somebody needed help and just the like one artist trickling in at a time to the wedding and like it's just awkward if you don't know each other to the point where like you don't really say hi to each other and like the client can feel that awkwardness and it's weird because I don't know if you get this but I the clients always ask us do you guys work together regularly yep and like what are you gonna lie correct (laughs) (laughs) you know so there's that and then it's also like the flow like um, Kelly, my COO, always talks about like the flow and how like she'll watch me and she knows that if I am on um, blush, if I'm on blush, that she's got about 10 more minutes before, you know, we kind of are getting ready to switch. Amazing or I know point. that if I only have one person left and that person has to go to Kelly and we're kind of like getting down to the wire on the timeline, I don't want them them to get up and get stressed out when I know Kelly has another 15 minutes. So I'm going to fluff my service a little bit, make sure that that person's feeling good, give Kelly the time that she needs. And we, we learn how each other, how, how we work and the flow and like, you know, what is, and, and like, who's good at what? Like there have been plenty of times where I've been on hair and I've been like, you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. Kelly is much better at that style. So why don't you go to her and I'll take somebody else? Absolutely. You know what I mean? And that and that sort of communication, that sort of vibe, that sort of flow should be something that the client can count on when they're paying premium bridal prices. Agreed. Agreed 100%, especially on the just knowing how someone else works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just knowing know, knowing the people that knowing the people that you're working around. Like sometimes, you know, we'll say like okay, well, for now I'm going to pin your face framers back so she can do your makeup and then just come back to me when you're done and I'll fluff them up a little bit, you know, things like that. Um Kelly can help me like clean up my kit if we're like in a hustle and have to move, you know what I mean? It's just it's so much nicer of an experience to know the people that you're working with and to have the client be able to feel that. Correct, correct. And I have been in the position with other teams, um, and there's one specifically that comes to mind where also the, now I call this team that I was working for, they considered themselves, words, they considered themselves a bridal company and a bridal team, which, on the back end, yes, they were, but on the front end, they there were so many artists that none of us knew each other. We were always working with someone different, always mm-hmm. in an unfamiliar position. And I distinctly remember, too, working one wedding where one artist produced very, like, bold 
black, colorful, with like black, black outer corners, big, big lashes. And when I think bridal makeup, that's not always my first mm -hmm. go-to. So I'm producing what you would think of to be, you know, natural but notice, soft glam bridal makeup. Mm -hmm. And then there's another artist that is producing just because that's their default, this very like bold, dramatic. So mm -hmm. everyone looks different by the time it's all said mm -hmm. and done. And, and bridal party photos are like about continuity. You know what I mean? Correct. So having like, and, and two, I think a bride typically has friends that are similar to her, right? So if she's choosing a company that puts out a fairly natural aesthetic and that's what she wants, chances are like that's what her party is looking for as well. So then giving her this like super glam, black outer corner, big lashes artist kind of isn't really like what she bargained for, you know? Exactly, exactly. So I'm always going to be a firm believer of having a team that A, works together all the time, mm -hmm. B, knows your signature style mm -hmm. as a business, mm -hmm. and C, just has good working chemistry because you know, in that, with that particular company, because I didn't know the other girls, like, yes, I'm gonna show up, I'm gonna be very respectful, um, but I don't know how you communicate. I don't know how you vibe, because there are some artists who wanna come in, keep their head down, get the job done. That's not my vibe, that's not our mm -hmm. vibe, but I do understand that that vibration exists. So mm -hmm. if I'm interrupting that, we're just not gonna be working very well together. So for that reason, I am always going to preach that if you are running a true bridal team that your artist should be consistently and predominantly working with you as long as you can produce the volume for mm -hmm. them. So another hot topic is pay. Wow. When, <laughs> when, <wait>. it, <laughs> when it comes to hiring artists on your team, pay has been a hot topic. Um, I'm going to be very transparent that this is probably the thing that raises my body temperature the most. I can feel it happening already. My 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 heart's going like Yeah. My my shoulders are going to progressively climb up to my ears. Um but let me explain why it can be a very frustrating thing to hash out. I want to be very clear on why this can be a frustrating topic to talk about. And that is because we have set our businesses up to be profitable, to be able to pay for taxes, to be able to pay our teams, to be able to cover expenses and to also be able to pay ourselves. And I'm, I'm going to be transparent. I didn't start this business so that I could be eating hot dogs and ramen every single day. I do understand, <laughs> like, there's a natural progression of you growing your business, mm -hmm. working with a coach. And I say this all the time, I grew dangerously fast. Um, and it took a while to, like, kind of backtrack from a lot of those mistakes that I made up front. Mm -hmm. But pay is the one thing that I will not claim as a mistake in terms of how I run the business. Um, we do work our artists on a specific commission structure. And a lot of the talk that is in the industry now is, well, 
your artist should be making three figures per person. And let's be clear on that. That talk is coming from artists that want to make more money. Would you, would you agree with that? Tell me what you mean by that. Like the people that are out there advocating that subcontracting artists need to be paid X percentage or X amount are those ideas and those thought leaders are people that are not in my position and are not in your position. Absolutely. Um, I don't think that I've seen someone in our industry in our position out there saying, hey, other business owners who do exactly what I do, you should be paying your artists X, Y, and Z. There's, I've seen it once, um, (laughs) but this particular person does have other very lucrative streams Mm. of income Mm -hmm. outside of just running a bridal team. Yeah. And that's, you know, to to protect, to protect their identity. Of course, like 100%, I look up to this person like through and through. Um, however, that's the only person that I would say that is quote unquote in our position. And again, just to be very clear that way we don't get canceled because it's 2023 and you can't say anything. When we say our position, it just means the level of responsibility. It doesn't mean that we're edifying ourselves to, you know, be the second coming of the Messiah. Because let me tell you, baby, there are some days, there are a lot of days out of the month where I'm like, yo, I just want to be a freelancer. Mm -hmm. I just want my only responsibility to have my kit packed and ready to go, have my spoolies, have my disposables, uh, show up to a wedding, do what I got to do. And drive on home and wait for the next one. Um, So when we say in our position, it is not a, you know, we're better than this person or that person is in a worse position because to be honest, as a freelancer, you're in a better position than me. Your mental health is much better. (laughs) You probably make more money than me too. Correct. (laughs) You're probably pulling in a lot more income, Um, but the level of responsibility in terms of business is just a little bit different. So that's what we mean when we say in our position. So yes, I agree with you that for the most part, um, people that are advocating for higher pay are people that only are, I'm trying to choose my words carefully, so there's not a picket line outside of the studio. Um, people who are freelancers. Correct, correct. I don't know why I couldn't find those words. Yeah. And yes, I want everyone to make a zillion dollars mm-hmm. because I think that if we all make a zillion dollars, yes, whatever, oh, money doesn't buy you happiness, but when I have enough money, there You're are happy. Thi- yeah, there are different <laughs> things. There are different things that stress me out. Um, so to not be stressed about finances is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's back up a little bit. And as much as you're comfortable sharing, how did you come up with the commission structure that makes sense for your business? Well, first of all, I knew that like in the bridal business world that it was a set rate per person sort of commission. So just to be clear, if there's anybody listening that that doesn't, um, that isn't in the bridal freelancing world, that's how we pay. We pay a set dollar amount per person um, for the hairstyle or the makeup. Um, Obviously there's different things like travel, whatever, um, you know, different, different fees, but for the most part, that's how it works. 
Um, so I knew that I was doing that. I knew that I was doing a set rate per person that they serviced. And I think like, I actually think that like, I just sat down and like thought about it. I was like, okay, number one, what are other people doing? Like, what is the going rate for a freelancer? Number two, what is reasonable so that they want to keep working for me? Like, if they can leave here, if they can leave a wedding with X amount of dollars, is that fair as a living, breathing human being? Like, I'm not trying to like, you know, kill anybody, but, um, and then I also had to think about like, what's fair for me as well? Mm -hmm. What, um, what does it cost me to run the business? I have to pay myself. Like this is my full-time job. Like I have to make money as well. So what is fair? And I think that's how I, all of those things together, I just like picked a number and I, and everybody seemed to be okay with it, mm -hmm. honestly. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how I, how I determined what I, what I was going to pay. And obviously as things got more expensive or whatever, you know, you kind of adjust your, you adjust your pricing accordingly and, um, and that sort of thing. But um, it's very thought out. It's very intentional because you want to make, an, you want to pay people enough so that they're happy and they stay with you and they feel valued and they feel like they're making money. However, I think a really, really important point that we miss is that again, running a team is different than being a solo artist who picks up friends. Typically a solo artist who picks up acquaintances or friends does not have the expenses. Absolutely. Um, i.e. business. Oh, I just hit that business insurances. Like for, I don't know about you, but in New Jersey, I pay insurance based on how many people I have working for mm -hmm. me, you know, so the expenses are a little bit lower. The marketing expenses to do business at a solo artist volume are significantly smaller than my marketing expenses to do business, um, to get the business to staff a team of eight. Correct. So in turn, in order to keep my artists working three days a weekend, it costs me a little bit more. Absolutely. Which is why, like, you know, for me, for me, commission is 60%. But the reason it's 60% is because it takes every dollar of that 40% for me to make sure that they can get their 60% three days a week. Absolutely. If I were a solo artist and picking up a friend, like, yeah, I would, I would definitely take a little bit of a cut for myself, but maybe I would only take 10 bucks, 15 bucks for myself because I got the work and I did the coordination. Correct. But I don't have to pay those marketing expenses. I don't have to pay those business expenses. Like I have to pay sales tax out of that, you mm -hmm. know? So giving the artist 60% made sense to me based on what other people were paying and based on what I needed to do to make sure that that person stayed busy and could consistently collect their 60%. Absolutely. And I think when we are doing this picket lining about, 
you know, artists need to be making a hundred to $150 per person because that's their time and that's their kit. And that is great, but we are not considering the business owner's contribution on a financial level and on a responsibility level. So I'm, since it's, you know, I'm the host of this podcast, I will be very transparent about a small portion of business expenses that we take care of. So A, I have a studio space, which we're currently recording in right now, and rent started at 980, it is now 1174 a month. Um, so that's something that I have to pay for. Wedding Wire and The Knot continues to have a lot of us buy a chokehold um, and they increase their prices significantly on a yearly basis. And that is about $330 a month. I have an admin assistant to be able to stay on top of the volume that we're producing. She's $30 an hour. There is also studio internet and effort. It came with a, a landline too, because I don't want people calling my cell phone. So <laughs> that is a hundred, almost $150 per month. Also insurance I pay for yearly. We have both professional and commercial um, insurance coverage, and that's about $500 a year. My CRM to make sure that things stay organized and to make sure that people are getting responded to, no one's being forgotten. CRM, that's another $300 per year. The accountant, that's another $300 per year. So these expenses constantly are adding up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that when solo artists are saying this is what people need to be paid okay that's great you can pay that if you don't have a certain level of expenses that you need to be responsible for because if I did not have and I'm thankful for the expenses that I have because if I did not have them we wouldn't be able to operate on the level that Mm -hmm. we operate if there was no studio space we would have to go to the client's house which I don't feel fantastic about or for trial you mean yeah yeah Mm -hmm. or for trial yes I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry before someone cancels me I meant for trial (laughs) because people live very far outside of the city so having a central location for people to be serviced for trials is fantastic because it's not going to happen in my house Zeus is going to be jumping in your face and you're going to be making a scene and that's it's just going to be messy it's not going to work um Dorian's going to be yelling at me that nobody took their shoes off so that it's just going to be a headache so studio absolutely 100% necessary um wedding wire and the knot that is how people find out about us a lot of the time so that expense is 100% necessary so these expenses that I have I think it will be easy for a freelancer to say well why don't you cut back on some of your expenses so that you can pay your team but every expense that a lot of us have on this side of the fence are strategically thought out in order to be able to work at the volume that we do work. Would you agree with that? Correct. I think I think that's the most important point that we need to remember is that like yeah, I could cut down on my expenses if you want to work one day a month. Correct. Um yeah, absolutely. If you want to work one day a month, I can pay you $95 a person. Absolutely. Um or you know whatever whatever it is, but if you want to work three days a week, I need every dollar of those expenses that I'm paying to be able to get that volume. 100%. And the second point of why 
the commission structure is set up how it is is the effort that is put in and this has nothing to do with finances and everything to do with time and physical energy spent but the effort that's put into getting that client for you to be able to work as a freelancer Mm -hmm. that's not something as a freelancer that you're having to worry about correct so on average our admin so cat works about i'm gonna say about five to 10, 10 is like super high. Actually, maybe not even 10. I'm going to say av- on average about five hours a week. Um, and I pick up where she is not working with an additional, I'm going to say like 10 to 15 hours a week on admin. So combine, we have about 20 hours a week on admin. In those 20 hours, I am making sure that A, you have a client to service, B, in that time, I'm making sure that you as a freelancer have a pleasant client to service so that you're not walking into like hellfire and hating your job when you leave. I am spending time on the phone with the clients to make sure that they're going to be a good energetic match for us. I'm taking care of all of the invoicing. Kat is taking care of that initial communication. We're making sure that we have details for your wedding day. There's so much effort that goes into getting that client that as a freelancer, you're not having to do. And that is another thing. And, and it's, it shocks me that that's not something that's being taken into consideration when mm-hmm. people are advocating for like mm-hmm. $150 per person commission because all you had to do as a team member, and I don't mean to say all you had to do because servicing is, it's physical labor. Your responsibility is from the door of the hotel to the door of the hotel on wedding day morning. Correct. You know, and that's not what the price of the service is for. The price of the service is the entire experience from starting from my profile coming up on Google or Instagram until you leave that final review. That is what the price is for. Correct. So emphasis on until you leave that final review review, because when we leave a wedding and I, and I'm sure you feel the same way because we've talked about it, but when we leave a wedding, I am not like, we're not done. It's not done. It's not over (laughs) because I have been blindsided, completely Mm -hmm. blindsided Mm -hmm. by negative feedback mm-hmm. after a wedding also i think too and like just just to be like completely honest like you know because our, our businesses aren't flawless right like there's always going to be somebody or something um that didn't go completely perfect right so when we have a trial and i have artists that do a trial and ultimately because it has happened it happens to everyone it happens to us every once in a while that client is not happy mm-hmm. um and they rip me a new one via email or phone call or threaten to cancel or whatever it is it is my blood pressure that's up it's me that's not sleeping that night and it's me trying to bridge the gap and fix it so that that artist isn't out of work for that day and so that artist doesn't feel personally attacked I'm going to take 
I'm going to take on that um, that um, that emotional abuse almost Absolutely. so that my artist doesn't have to do that because that's not their job. Correct. That's my job. Correct. And that's super important to me is that, you know, a, I have had clients who have said really nasty things to me via Absolutely. email or have said horrible things about my artist. But you know what? I didn't go back to my artist and rip them. Maybe privately I'll be like, dude, that hairstyle is like not really that great. Like let's work on that. But I have never like screenshotted the email and sent that to them and been like, well, what do you think? Do you know? Like that's my job as a business owner to take that on. And it's my job as a business owner that has exclusive artists it's my job to stand by them and advocate for them. 100%. So you best believe that I'm sitting at that computer and I'm gonna go back at that client and tell them that this is how we do business and you know X, Y, and Z. I'll fight them, they can hate me so long as my artists get to ha- get to have a good experience on wedding day. 100%. And I've had to do that time and time again. You know, I and, and I'm and I'm okay with that because I signed up for that. Correct. You know, so. I think we forget those two things too, that if that if there is an irate client, because it does happen, right? Either it's a bad match or that person is just stressed out or, you know, maybe it was really a fault of ours. I don't know, but it's my job to manage that and take that on both from an administrative standpoint and emotionally and not have my artists get involved in that because again, that is not their job. They are working here for a pleasant and quote unquote easier working experience. It's my job to take on the hard stuff. And I think that also warrants like that should be a part of the the commission breakdown too is that you know you get to go to sleep at night you get to leave that wedding and be done and never see that person again it's me that is out here you know advocating that um that we don't deserve the things that you just said to us or that you know uh, that you know what i mean absolutely absolutely um, we take on the brunt of the I, I don't want to be melodramatic and say attack because, and, and this doesn't happen often. I just want to right. be very it's, it's clear. It's the times that, that it does happen because this is a, this is a high stress situation. Everybody is on 10. Weddings are just a stressful time for people. Sure. So you have to keep that in mind as well, that like maybe it's not that this is a miserable person. They're just having a hard time right now. And it's my job to, diffuse to manage that it's my artist's job to execute a nice hairstyle 100 percent, 100 percent. and i have no shame in saying i me as the business owner i also need to be paid for what i'm doing on the back end for diffusing for mm-hmm. overseeing that situation for serving as a buffer between mm-hmm. the client and the artist and i will never apologize for what I make as the business owner. Um, And it's not to say that I'm like rolling in six figures. And Mm -hmm. I I talk about having a six figure business. And again, I'll be very clear that six figure business does not mean six figures in my pocket. I wish it did because if not, I I wouldn't be driving a Kia. I would be driving my Jeep Wrangler fully souped out, fully customized. Mm -hmm. But here I am with a Kia because that's one of the cheapest cars on the market. Love it, don't get me wrong, but I just want to be clear that, you know, six figures doesn't mean is the literal number of income that your business did. Correct. But then 
60% of that is going right out to commissions. Correct. 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 Then so, 30% is going to marketing and business expenses. And then I we're lucky if we put 10% in, in our pocket. Absolutely. Absolutely. So with all of this discussion about, you know, artists receiving their full rate and what they charge when they're working on a team, I'll tell you what my response tends to be and then I, I'd love to hear what your response is mm-hmm. when you are interviewing an artist or even in those times where life happens and you do have to pull an artist that is outside of your team to work a wedding and you're talking about what the pay is going to be um, if someone says that that pay is too low my response is well a, here are the expenses, and, and I'll, I'll list out all of the expenses that I just talked about a couple minutes ago, but I will also say that, and depending on the person, I will, because you know you also don't want to get canceled in the industry, God forbid, if you ever need help um, from someone else, but my thought is, sometimes in the back of my head, sometimes out of my mouth, is that if you, let's say you charge 150 bucks for bridesmaid makeup, if you want $150 per bridesmaid, you can absolutely go get $150 per bridesmaid. However, in three weeks, you are not booked for that date, which is why we're having this conversation. So you can take $70 per person, mm-hmm. or you can take no dollars per person. Mm-hmm. So if someone comes to you and they say, well, this is what I charge, so sorry, I can't do it for the commission rate that you want to give me a what is your response and b what is your thought process um so first i put it through a filter of like does this person know how this business structure works because honestly most of my artists have never worked for a bridal team before Mm -hmm. um so they really don't know. So I'm happy to explain, um, you know, for clarity, you would be representing Marinco Beauty. We are a booked and busy bridal company and we pay out a commission that we see fit. I don't find the need to go, and, and this is like if I'm picking up a, um, like a, a random to help uh, to help mm-hmm. with whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will say that um, if I really think that they don't understand um, how it works, then that's fine. However, if it's an artist that I know for a fact um, is involved in the industry and knows how it works and they say that that is too low, I'm like, okay. Um, because I don't... See, I'm, I'm ready to argue. <laughs> I, know, I know. Listen, listen, I am too because I, I, I am, but I'm not. I think I have realized that, again, like we were saying before, if you don't have a business like I have a business, there's a difference between being in my position and being in the other position. So I don't expect you to get it. But I also don't have the time, energy, or need to like make you get it just to fill in that gap. Um, 
for like I had a I had a girl in Vegas that I was um, that I was working pretty regularly. She did um, she did decent work. She showed up on time, got good feedback from her, and I had worked her a bunch. And then all of a sudden, she was like, and and her rate never changed. But then all of a sudden, she was like, um, well, this is how much I charge. So I just want to be clear on that. I can do simple styles for the rate that um that you're offering and i'm thinking to myself well number one i don't one, think you ever told me that oh my gosh you were there remember we were at the headshot thing and she texted me and said that she wanted to like touch base on like commission or something and she's and, yes, and it's uh, so back. the the point to that story is that um a line that i got from her was i charge this much for a bridal hairstyle and my response to that to that comment every single time is what you charge doesn't affect me at all correct um so that's neither here nor there like thank you for that information um but the client booked Marinco. they didn't book you so it's not my responsibility to pay you what you charge it's my responsibility to pay you the pay that I offer. Correct. And we need to start looking at this industry as we look at any other job out there because myself included, I'm sure you too, we all so badly want the hair and makeup industry to be respected and put on the same level as other jobs and other careers. So we need to act like that as well and switch our mindset into um into that sort of mode like you wouldn't walk into you know a job in um like corporate accounting that you were interviewing for and they say this is the pay like yes there's like yes you can like maybe negotiate it a little bit but you don't say if i was doing that work on my own i would charge um, $300 an hour. So that's why I should get paid that. Absolutely. Because you're here to work for me and you're here and available because you couldn't get that $150 per client. So now, so now this is the position that we're in. I'm offering work. You are available. Do you want to take a hundred percent of a grape or do you want to take 60 percent of a watermelon correct would you rather stay at home on a prime wedding day and make zero dollars or would you rather go out for four hundred dollars yes i understand that you would charge seven hundred dollars but you didn't have anyone to charge that to so now let's put ourselves in a different position and say, okay, do I need and or want that $400 or do I want no dollars? And listen, I respect it if you want no dollars because there are plenty of times where I'm like, yeah, I don't want to get off the couch today. But then I, I can't understand the I'm seeing you out there always being available, always looking to pick up work, always wanting to help. But then the first thing you want to say is, well, I can't work for that rate. We need to start putting aside our ego and 
look at the bigger picture because when it comes down to it, and I know I'm sure it's the case for you too, all said and done with travel tips, whatever it is, my artists make almost a hundred dollars an hour. Mm -hmm. They make somewhere in between 85 and a hundred dollars an hour. Mm -hmm. And if you ask me for four hours of work on a Saturday to leave with $400 and have the rest of your day off stress-free, that is pretty good. Find me another job where you can do that. Correct. Correct. Without uh, being in med school for eight years or being in law school for eight years. Yeah, they're getting $200 an hour, but... Look what they had to go through to mm-hmm. get that $200 Correct. an Correct. hour. Absolutely, absolutely. And I share this example all the time. Um, I used to work in higher... Ed- <clears throat> excuse me. I used to work in higher education and the tuition at the college that I was working for, average per semester... I'm going to say 15 to $30,000 now. And again, I'll be very candid as the assistant director of career development at a university. Now we're not talking like DeVry or the colleges that you see when you're watching Mari at 11 o'clock AM on a Wednesday. I mean, an actual established accredited university as an assistant director of career development. I was making, I think $45,000 and tuition was about 15 to $30,000 a semester. So that means from every student. And there was, I think between the campuses, between the three campuses, there were about four to 6,000 students, but don't quote me. I'm trying to leave a lot of that in the past. Um, but if you do the math of $60,000 a year on average from a student and you have four to 6,000, but I'm only getting 45,000, I didn't go into that interview and say, well, tuition costs this mm-hmm. much, tuition costs $30,000. So from one student, I'm only making the the equivalent of like one student. I, I didn't go in with that. And I think that we are ruining the professionalism in the industry when we're leading with conversations like that. Well, this is what I charge or this is what I expect. And there is nothing wrong with wanting more money. There is a way to go about it. And if Mm -hmm. you do not have the wherewithal to understand what goes into the back Mm -hmm. end of the business, I highly advise that we don't have that conversation Mm -hmm. at all. And I think that, um, that this whole thing started the, the whole, um, uh, what did you call it? Figurative picket line Mm -hmm. of, of artists wanting to make more money. I think the whole thing started, um, with good intention, meaning we want our job to be valued, right? We want to be seen as not a joke. We want this career to be taken seriously. And I am the first one to stand outside in that picket line. Take this job seriously. Um, 100% we want society to value our job. However, um, you know, this, this overvaluing ourselves and like, and telling people, telling other people what you should be paying someone else or whatever, whatever the situation may be is, is not the right way to, to go about it. Again, we have to not be so small minded. And again, think, think bigger picture. And, and I'd like to share an example. I don't think I've, I've ever told you this, but I have a, 
I have a regular client of mine. I've had her for years. I actually got her from somebody else that I used to that I used to work for. Um, she lives pretty close to me. She um, is a pretty like big wig lawyer, and she clearly has a lot of money. When she has like a Zoom call, she will text me and ask me to come over to do her makeup. Now, because I got her from somebody else years ago, there was never really a conversation between the two of us like what I would charge her for that. She just kept paying me the rate that she paid the other person. Mm -hmm. And to be clear, it was $60 in cash every time I would come over to do her makeup. Now, to this day, I will still go over and do her makeup for the $60 in cash and allow me to explain why. So yes, would I charge more for that situation typically? Absolutely. Absolutely. I would probably charge that person at least $100 if not more. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. She has me come over to do her makeup on a Tuesday morning at 10 o'clock or a Wednesday afternoon at 1 o'clock. And to me, that 60 bucks cash in my pocket for all said and done 45 minutes of my time on 11 o'clock on a Tuesday, that works for me. Absolutely. Right? You got $60 an hour. You right. booked yourself for a job that pays right. $60 an hour. Like I've done her before. I do her all the time. She's super easy. She's super nice. Same thing every time. Like I said, all said and done, packed unpacked and then packed up I'm in and out in 45 minutes and I have $60 to go out for drinks with you that night (laughs) you know what I mean like to me that makes sense correct now has she called me on a Saturday morning before and said can you come over and do my makeup or has she asked me to come over on a Friday morning and do her makeup because she's going to a wedding absolutely not I won't do that because to me that is not worth my time because I have bigger fish to fry on a Saturday morning. Sure. So we have to think about what makes sense and not get so hung up on our ego. Like I'm not working for $60, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to go out to her house. My makeup is worth more than that. Yeah, I think my makeup is worth more than that. But you know what? My 11 to 12 hour on a Tuesday it ain't worth more than 60 bucks this week. So (laughs) I'm going to go out there and collect my $60 in cash. Right, right. And that makes sense to me. So it has to make sense for you. If my rate that I'm offering you doesn't make sense for you, that is fair. But to tell me that you are worth more, fabulous, go out and get more. But we're here having that conversation because you didn't get that from someone else. So now I'm offering you this. You can't keep combating me on the you're worth more because if you were worth more, you would have gotten it. Absolutely. And I don't mean for that to come out like so um, like value-based, but I would rather take the work than sit at home for $0 because of my ego. Absolutely. Absolutely. And while we are interviewing because we're going through an interview process um, right now to bring on additional stylists for the 2024 season, while we are interviewing, I have now started presenting the big picture to a mm-hmm. lot of artists that that want to work on a consistent basis. And just to paint the picture ahead of time, we will typically during the busy season have about two to three weddings per day. Um, so Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 
And let's say that you are working Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And this week we have Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So let's say that you're working Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You can, after travel, per person commission and tips, you can walk away in that weekend easily with $1,500 to $2,000 for three days of work. Mm -hmm. When I was- Three half days of work. Correct, correct, correct. Mm -hmm. So for essentially what would equate to one full day of work at a full-time job. Yes, this is a part-time gig. Yes, yes. So in those three half days of work, you're walking away with $1,500 to $2,000. I want to paint a picture that in three days, as a freelance artist, you're walking away with that. As the assistant director of career development at an accredited university, it took 10 days, 10 full days of work to walk away with that. So I think I struggle to really empathize with people when they're presenting that picket line of this is what and i think because from our perspective we see that bigger picture because we're paying it out right absolutely oh i see it go out of the account exactly (laughs) so i'm saying holy guacamole i just paid this person $1,400 for three half days of work and they did a great job Mm mm-hmm they showed up on time. They had a good attitude. They did good work and I got photos from it and I got great feedback on them. Fabulous. That is part of your job. So to me that like for a part-time job and you are potentially making, you know, 1200 to $1,500 for three half days of work, which equates to like 15 hours of work. Mm-hmm. Again, looking at it in the bigger picture of a career, because we want our industry to be respected as a career, that is phenomenal. Absolutely. Like, let's look at that, like, hourly. You're making $100 an hour. If you put that into perspective in corporate America, who's making that part-time? Like, that is... Without a bachelor's, master's, or PhD, Mm -hmm. you're making... $100 an hour. Mm -hmm. So this per person, well, this is what I charge per person is such, it's a, it's a telltale sign of a small picture mindset, small picture mindset. Correct. And I, I think that's like, that's the really important part to me is we have to stop being so penny wise and dollar stupid because that's what truthfully, that's what keeps you in this hustle of like, I need more money. I need work. I, I'm not booked, blah, 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 because available in these 10 dates. If you need, yeah. like, like, get me in there, get me in there. Yeah. Yeah. Like we're, we're thinking small and we have to, we have to start to see the bigger picture or else we're going to constantly be on that like hamster wheel of like, well, I need to get my rate, but I'm not booked and I, I deserve this and I deserve that. And it just, it, it doesn't, it doesn't work like that. We have to, we have to switch our mindset to big picture mentality. If we want our jobs as hair and makeup artists to be taken seriously in the real world, we have to look at it the way you would look at a job in the real world. Absolutely. Because this is a job. Period. Mic drop. Mm -hmm. And it felt good to have that conversation on a productive level-headed 
<laughs> not, not, not scream crying. Not scream crying. Um, and for those of you that are listening, a lot of times, obviously, because this is my great friend that I'm having these conversations with, it's going to be a little bit less filtered than how it's being presented now. So it just feels good to get the ball rolling on having an open conversation about why this is an issue in our industry. And just to be very clear, there's no issue with wanting more pay, but there needs to be a level of respect when you're approaching another business, another Mm -hmm. employer, because I think sometimes freelancers see us as just like, oh, a person that's like looking for help. Mm -hmm. No, MU8 Bridal Beauty, Marin Co, both Philadelphia and Las Vegas, These are actual companies that you're approaching. You're seeing my face, but the foundation of what we're offering, I'm not paying you out of my pocket. I'm not paying you from my checking account. Mm -hmm. I am paying you from an established business account, and we need to start being able to be seen as businesses and not random people, because the more we start to see ourselves as businesses, the more clients will start to see us at a business, Mm -hmm. because I can guarantee you, the way that the client is approaching us is because how we represent ourselves in the industry as a whole. Mm -hmm. Because I can tell you right now, they're not going to their honeymoon hotel and ramming off like they do in our inbox. <laughs> They're not going to, you know, the Chescafee venue and ramming off like they do in our inbox because mm-hmm. those. Because we're not respected and there's room to be that. 100%. But it's a group effort. Absolutely. And that's exactly what I was going to say. It is going to take a village. And one of the biggest reasons that I started this podcast is because. Sometimes to have this mentality and to have this big picture mindset, it feels very lonely. Mm-hmm. And I want to be able, not that I'm going to like be some cult leader that's going to like summon artists and like, you know, artists are going to start like coming to me like zombies. But I think that perspectives need to be shared on how we can get ourselves to be viewed as more professional mm-hmm. to the client. Because mm-hmm. once the client views us as more professional, we can start to justify raising our rates. Mm-hmm. We can start to justify them paying us more. We can start to be more respected. And honestly, once we are seen as more professional, I think as a whole, we will all be, do, and have more than what we do right now. Correct. Agreed. Period. Period. Do you have anything else that you'd like to add before we hop into rapid fire? Um, no, I feel like we really covered a lot in a productive and respectful way and i just wanted to say too that i didn't i didn't hop right and i know this was the case for you as well i didn't hop right into being a business owner um i was that freelance artist for many years same you know i was that freelance artist where i was offered 40 dollars a person and at the time i took it because you know what i had my mind on the big picture that i wanted to start my own business and or i just needed money in my pocket and i wanted to do it with makeup yes and i took it so i just i just want to be clear on the fact that like i have i have been in the freelance position and now i'm in the business ownership position and i 
I try really hard not to forget what it's like to be in the artist position. Absolutely. Um, but I also need artists to realize that they might not understand what it's like to be in the business ownership um, position. So I think all across the board, it's just important that we respect each other's positions and you know the the valuing of our industry has to start from within and the respecting each other has to start from within and we have to respect each other we have to respect ourselves we have to respect the job and then at that point we can gain the respect of the client and society you know i could not have said that better in any way and I too have freelanced for all of Philadelphia Mm -hmm. and I freelance for all of Philadelphia Philadelphia. simultaneously so Mm -hmm. I see the perspective of what it means Mm -hmm. to have an Mm -hmm. exclusive team and some of the benefits of that uh, because I'm giving the same service across Mm -hmm. the board and yes the company that I referenced that I worked for when we didn't know each other I was making their commission was $42 per person Mm -hmm. y'all couldn't y'all nowadays would have a heart attack and fall out in the middle of broad street during the broad street run if someone said $40 an hour but you know what I did for a year and a half is I packed my kid up Mm -hmm. I got to those weddings made that $40 an Mm -hmm. hour and I also want to be clear about the benefits of being a freelancer you are showing up, mm-hmm. not having to put in that time and stress and effort on getting that client. You're showing up, you're practicing your skills, you're working on your skills, you are taking pictures in order to build your portfolio. And this is like, I, I may go off on a tangent here and that we can save this for another episode, but Um, I think that there are a lot of artists that have this ego of being like embarrassed to be part of a team too. Yeah. Yeah. But that, that's going to take me down a whole nother (laughs) rabbit hole that we don't have time for. Um, but there is absolutely nothing wrong with being part of a team and not wanting to run an actual bridal hair and makeup company and business. A lot of my artists say that to me all the time. They're like, I am not interested in running a business. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are um, are moms of multiple children. They don't want to run a business. They want to show up for their almost $100 an hour mm-hmm. and go home to their kids and go to their soccer game or their baseball game. With or, no strings attached after yep, they no walk no strings out. attached. Yes. And they get their fulfillment of socialization and you know doing the art that they have chosen. But... Yeah, like there's nothing like if just you know, you don't you don't have to want to be a business owner and want to like change the world to be a hair and makeup artist. Correct. If you love the art of it and you love this industry, work for a team. Absolutely. That is the that is the ultimate goal because it's not always fun on this side. Correct. You know, there's nothing wrong with with being a part of a team because you're probably going to work more than you would on your own correct? and make more money than you would on your own. And on the flip side, even if you are interested in being on this side, it is still important. And I talk about this in um, the episode that's coming out this Wednesday, but it is just as important to be working for a team so that you can see 
what it looks like to have some structure, mm-hmm. to have some stability. Mm-hmm. You can see what you do and don't want for your own business. So mm-hmm. I will always preach wor- working for a team. I do not ever regret my time working for other teams, even when I was making $40 an hour with no travel, maybe getting tips, hopefully if, if that client felt generous that day, but, um, there is, we're, we're losing the starting at square one. Yeah. Um, and I, I want us to get back to the mentality of starting at square one and what the benefit is from starting at square one too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. You have to, you have to pay your dues in order to like reap the benefits. You can't just like hop into stage five if you didn't do one, two, three, and four first. 100%. All right. I know that you have to leave soon. It's 2.07. So I want to make sure that we get through rapid fire questions. Don't look at my notebook. All right. Um, so first rapid fire question is what's your favorite meal? Um, meal or like, um, meal. I really like Asian food. So like, um, I'll do like sushi, Japanese food. I didn't know that. Yeah. Love sushi. Big sushi person. Why Um, have we never gone for sushi? I don't know. I knew you liked sushi. I asked you not that long ago. Probably because like, I'm, I'm not a sake drinker, so. I've never had sake before. Oh, it's not good. Mm. What does it taste like? Rubbing alcohol. So like tequila. Somehow I just think it's worse. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. Okay. I also really like anything potato product, like french fries, chips. Give me a potato in any form. I'll eat it. I don't think you can eat raw potatoes. Oh, I I wasn't sure. I I wasn't. No, I'm not just going to like bite into a like brown potato. No, I wasn't sure. Okay. Huh. I knew the potatoes didn't know the sushi. Um. What's a makeup product and a hair product that you are loving right now? Um, I was just talking about this yesterday at trial. We actually all moved into using the same foundations, which is really nice. Um, Face Atelier is my favorite foundation. When I first started getting busier with weddings, I was just online looking for like a versatile foundation that worked for a lot of people, and I love it. Um, A, I get a professional discount on it, so it's not super expensive. there's a bazillion shades. They come with adjusters, so you can change that up. Um, and I'm back on the Schwarzkopf products, the Osis products for hair. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Same. Love it. I, I, I love Osis. Um, Face Atelier, I don't know. And maybe it's just like the color selection, because obviously as an artist, you're not getting every single shade that a company has to offer. Mm-hmm. Um, They've come out with more recently, like the last couple months. More interesting, shades. Interesting. Interesting. I found the form. Now, when I was using it, my skin prep process was a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Now I have a little bit more of a juicier skin prep process. But when I was using it and um, going in with the skin prep routine that I had before, it just wasn't giving me... Now, we're a little bit more like soft glam-ish mm-hmm. too. So um, it just wasn't giving me the soft glam that I was looking for. But I was on Facebook um, actually this morning and there were people in the Artist Kit Company group that were like raving about it. And I was like, hmm, maybe I need to try it again. But we ain't got time for that. Um, Not in October. Correct. Correct. Oh, maybe in November. Um, what's the last book that you read? Oh my gosh, I don't read books. No. Um, I will 
listen to books. Mm, what's the last book that you listened to? Um, it was Tracy Tudor's book, something like with foul language in it. It was like F this or F that or something like that. But I love me some Tracy Tudor. You Biggest do. role model. Yeah, You love do her. like Tracy mm-hmm. Tudor. I, you know what I was thinking about the other day? I really need, like, if someone's like, who's your biggest role model? I don't know. Like, okay. I, but I feel like mother effer me. Well, <laughs> I'm fighting for my effing life. Like, I need to find someone that I like hang on to their every word. Um, I haven't looked into Tracy Tudor yet. I tried the Amanda Francis thing. I just think that she doesn't do it for me. No, same. It's there's, there's something there that I'm like, I don't know that. Like, I like to look up to someone that I would want to be around in person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just haven't found that person yet. And I want to, like, I That's want okay. someone that I hang on to their every word and like, really follow mm-hmm. them and listen to them but I don't mm-hmm. I don't have it me mother of yeah that's <laughs> um guilty pleasure show um the whole bachelor franchise um love is blind I love me some reality dating shows um but also I have been watching is it cake on Netflix I can't I that can't. is like mindless, stupid, can have it on in the background. What else? Criminal Minds. I like Criminal Minds, but sometimes that like gets my anxiety going. Even though I've seen each of the episodes like a hundred times, I still get like a little like freaked out every once in a while. That's but. fair. That's fair. Um, is It Cake just makes me order insomnia cookies. I'm just like, matter of fact, yeah, I could go for eight chocolate chip cookies. I'm not a big dessert person, so I, I can I can do I can do well with, with that. Yeah. Not me. Um, last question is, if I gave you $5,000 right now and you don't have to say that you're going to like donate it to charity or like instill world peace, mm-hmm. if unless you will. If, if that's what you would do with it, that's fine. But if I gave you $5,000 right now, what's the first thing that you're going to purchase? Um, I need to furnish the front room of my house so bad. Like I have an idea of what I want to do with it now, mm-hmm. but... I'm, I get nervous about like large purchases for yep. whatever reason. Um, so like even going to buy a couch is like a little like stressful for me. I well, need that's like, the whole 5K sometimes. I know. Couches are like what? Cotton. For me to put my butt on? Big, big cotton. Mm-hmm. $5,000. Yeah. Yeah. So that's probably, that's probably what I would do is get some furniture for the house like physical large pieces of wood to put other items on that's what I need in the house don't need decorations don't need like I have plenty of that Mm -hmm. I need large items interesting Mm -hmm. you would go large because you have a big picture mindset that's right yeah see me I'm like I don't know I probably go to like Cherry Hill Mall see what's up in a or no there's no Aritzia in Cherry Hill I don't know how to, um, I don't know how to style myself. So I'm not like a big clothes shopper. That's why I do stitch fix because I need somebody else to style my person. Yeah. I get like overwhelmed and it's not a fun, like I don't like clothes shopping. I love it. I can like, I like walk around like. You do love it. Racks. I remember mm-hmm. we were at Kittenish in Nashville. I'm pretty sure you looked at yourself in that jacket in the mirror for probably like a good 15 minutes. I love clothes. I'm like getting sight. I'm like getting like. 
<laughs> I love clothing shopping. I and I don't consider myself to be like this fashionista or anything. I don't have like exclusive clothes and I like Alexander McQueen is sitting in the back of my closet. But I have some good pieces from Zara, some good pieces from H and M, Hollister, American Eagle. I love clothing. So cool. All right, we're getting a couch and I'm getting a pair of pants. Love that. Yeah. Love that. All right. So <laughs> Before we officially close out, let people know how to get in contact with you and where they can find you. Yeah, um, you can find me on Instagram at mare.co.beauty. That's M-A-R dot C-O beauty. Um, and from there, you can find our Vegas profile, our website, all of that, um, all of that good stuff. Fantastic. And can you list the website for the people. Yes. Mareandcobeauty.com is our Philadelphia, South Jersey location. And then our Vegas location is vegas.mareandcobeauty.com. Period. Well, thank you so much. It's always a pleasure. Woo! Always was, a pleasure. This was so much fun. And I'm so happy that you are the first official guest on the podcast on the exact day two years ago that we opened the studio. It's just a special Yay! day. I love that. Yes. It is just a special day all around. So thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me. Anytime. Thank you so much, brides and bridal biz besties, for tuning in to another fire episode of Pick a Seat, Not a Side, where we empower brides and bridal beauty pros on their journey to the big day. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Pick a Seat Podcast for all of the latest updates. And for all the brides searching for their dream hair and makeup team, be sure to follow MU8 at MU8 Bridal Beauty on Instagram. And you can inquire for your big day at www.mu8bridalbeauty.com. We would absolutely love your podcast support, so please be sure to subscribe and leave us a sparkling review if you're loving what you're hearing, because your feedback allows us to continue to sprinkle our magic. But until next time, stay beautiful, my friends, and don't forget to pick a seat and not a side. Amigos, I will see.